everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. Today's episode is not only for aspiring coaches, it's also for anyone who's curious about coaching or thinking about getting a coach or just wants to learn a little bit more about personal development and hear from a pretty epic human. My guest today is Steve Chandler. I've known Steve for well over 10 years. He's one of the best coaches in the industry, and I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a moment. I want to first announce that we are opening our doors again to our coaching institute, This is Elementum Coaching Institute. I co-founded it with my husband and our dear friends and colleagues, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. This will be our third year. The first two years were epic and we have learned a lot and each year we iterate and each year we make it better. And we actually delayed enrollment. We were going to start opening our doors this March, but we thought, you know what? We want to change some things, do some things, add some things, take all students' feedback, keep all the things that students love about it and make it even epically better. So we are opening our doors in September officially, but we are opening enrollment now. And through the end of April, you get a $2,500 early bird discount if you enroll in Elementum Coaching Institute. What is it? It is a training program for coaches that don't want to just do mindset work. (laughs) It is the all-encompassing embodiment coaching for training. If you resonate with my style, if you resonate with all the different directions I can go, it's because of the training that I have had and that I teach in Elementum. And what you really, what's really beautiful about Elementum is it's not just based on my training and my work. There are three other master coaches and we combine over 50 years of experience to give you the most comprehensive training program out there. We truly believe that. There's lots of support, there's lots of community and it's just it's just epic. That's I mean, I'll share more about it as the months go on, but I wanted to alert you now so you could take advantage of the early bird payment. Again, it is Elementum Coaching Institute, elementumcoachinginstitute.com is the website. I will spell that for you because Elementum is not a word you use in your everyday language. It's E-L-E-M-E-N-T-U-M, coachinginstitute.com. We named it Elementum because we give you all the elements you need to have momentum in your coaching business. It's for new coaches or seasoned coaches that want to take their business to the next level. Again, you save $2,500 if you enroll by May 1st. All right, let me tell you about my guest today. His name is Steve Chandler. He is an OG in the coaching industry. He's been a coach for over 20 years. He graduated from the University of Arizona with a degree in creative writing and political science. And he spent years in the military studying language and psychological warfare. He has incredible life experiences, including addiction that go into his passion for coaching. He stumbled into coaching by accident, which he will talk about on the episode. He has written over 30 books that have been translated into over 25 languages. He and I both went to the University of Santa Monica, where we got our degrees in spiritual psychology. And I credit Steve, and I thank him for this in our interview. I credit Steve for really taking me to the next level in my own coaching business. I coached with him over 10 years ago. And without him, I probably would not be where I am today, especially in my private practice. So thank you, Steve, for that. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor, Organifi. You know, I love Organifi. I love all their stuff. Actually, before I recorded this, I had some of my gold mix, which is their turmeric 
mushroom mix that's so delicious. I had it with my little coconut creamer and it's such a great treat that gives you a treat, but also gives you all kinds of good stuff. So it's like a guilt-free treat. I love it. And I love their green juice and their red juice and their immunity booster and so many amazing things that they have. You can get 20% off all of your Organifi orders if you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it. Use promo code over at checkout for 20% off your order. That's not just your first order. That is any order. Organifi.com slash over it. All right, everybody. And now on to my conversation with Steve Chandler. Steve, welcome to the show. I'm really happy to be here with you. Thank you, Christina. I'm honored that you chose me. Oh, well, it's it's not hard. You, Your name has been mentioned on this podcast many times before. I'm sure people have heard of you either through me or through word of mouth because you are one of the, the ultimate coaches, one of the OGs in the business. And we'll talk about how long you've been coaching and how you got into it in a moment. But I personally want to acknowledge you because you are the coach that's responsible for me really getting to the next level in my business. And I don't know if you remember when we worked together, it was probably at least 10 years ago. And you were the one that really had me, I was, I was playing it safe and I was playing small and I wasn't really stepping into my, both my power, my responsibility and my service as a coach. And you really stretched me and that shifted my business permanently. It was a huge, huge, huge turning point in my business and the way that I saw myself as a coach. And I will always be very grateful to you for that. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, I'll take all the credit I can get, uh, <laughs> And I want to thank you for writing the foreword to the uh, recent edition of Reinventing Yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. And people love that forward. Oh, it's, it's like I said, it's my pleasure. I, I, I'm really excited to share your wisdom because you're somebody, you're like, you're a secret genius. Not, it's not like millions of people know of you, but the people that know you really know you. And it's not because you're making TikTok videos. It's because you're doing amazing work. So I just want to back up and hear a little bit about your origin story because I know a bit about it and it's a great story. When did you start coaching and what got you into it? Well, it was, um, I think it was about 20 years ago, if I'm right. And I kind of got in by accident because what I was doing at the time was public speaking and I was doing seminars for companies and that's all I was doing. And it was when coaching was pretty new, there weren't really, it wasn't really a big thing. And I was in terrible debt. My life was messed up and things were going south and I I really needed money badly in one company asked me if I would stay over a day after my seminar day and coach eight people, one at a time for eight sessions. And I was about to say, well, I'm not really a coach. I've never done that. And then they said, we'll pay you the same fee as your seminar day. And I said, oh, coaching? Yeah, 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 I'll stay there. Yeah, sure, coaching, right. Yeah, I can coach. (laughs) So I didn't know how to coach. I didn't know what to do. And all I did was have the people come in, 
get them started talking and I asked them a lot of questions and that was it. And I survived that day. They, uh, they didn't uh, cancel the check or anything. And uh, then I started <laughs> doing it more and more as part of my corporate training. I would add coaching hours. And then I started getting a lot of coaching. And I learned by being coached how to coach. I didn't take any certification. I never have taken in any, any kind of formal training. And it just kind of grew by accident. I didn't really set out to be a coach. Yeah, yeah. we have very similar stories because I didn't either, really. Um, wrote a book and people started asking me for sessions. And I yeah. started coaching people based on what I had learned in my own development. And I, I feel like that's true. I feel like coaching, it finds you. Um, and I, now more and more people set out to do it because it is more known, but I, I started coaching people in 2004. So nearly 20 years ago. And when I said I was a coach, people asked me what sport I coached because uh -huh. they didn't really understand life coaching, but now it's, it's really become an incredible career path. I'm, I'm curious what, what have you seen in the coaching industry over the past 20 years, both the positive and maybe the not so positive um, aspects of what the coaching industry has become? Well, it's really a trending industry, as you know. Uh, every year there are more and more coaches in the world. And that's because it really works. It really has provided something that was missing in our culture. Because I can remember back when there wasn't such a thing as life coaching. You could go to a therapist or you could get a business consultant who, was, who would just give advice, specialized advice. Or you could have a sponsor in a recovery program, which I had. But those were the options. Yeah. And coaching came along, and, and it was so fresh and new, and it was so positive. It was like, I'm oversimplifying, because I know there are a lot of great therapists in the world. But therapy for me, and I had some earlier, was about the past. And coaching was about the future. So therapy was kind of like, let's make your past more significant. Let's bring it back. Let's work on it. Let's uh, reenact traumatic situations. And it was all focused on the past, at least for my therapy and a lot of the people I know. But coaching came along, and it was like, my coach said, okay, your past, not too interesting to me. What would you like to create? What do you want to create? Let's go. Clean slate. Mm -hmm. And then if the past comes up in a way that we need to work on, we'll look at it. Yeah. But we're not going to make it more significant than it is. So, and over the years, what I've seen in coaching is there are more and more and more really good coaches out there. Mm. When when I started, there weren't really. There were just a handful. And now there's just so many. And I th and they get better and better. You know, the coaches go to all kinds of trainings and they come from the world of Landmark or USM or 3P 
or Tony Robbins or Byron Katie or all kinds of coaching disciplines. And most coaches are become really eclectic and they take some here and some there and some from just real world experience. Mm. And I've seen the profession get better and better over time. I've seen people make more money because the world has been acknowledging that um, really good coaching makes a really big difference in a person's life. Yeah. So it's worth a lot. Yeah. yeah. I haven't, you know, you asked me about the negatives. I think the biggest negative, or I, let's just call it uh, the biggest um, part of coaching that is kind of clunky or, or not working is these wild attempts at massive self-promotion. Mm. You know, like uh, the Kardashian coaches mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who, who have an idea that the more people who know who I am, uh, the better the chances that people will want to work with me. Yeah. And... The problem with that theory is it doesn't seem to be true. Yeah. That's the only problem with it, is it's not true. Yeah. Otherwise, if you have fun doing it as, you know, as an adjunct to your coaching, have fun. You know, post all day, send your pictures around. But for real coaching at real good, strong fees, it is such a trust-based profession that if people see you all over the place claiming to be great they they have a hard time feeling safe talking yeah. to you yeah yeah and so yeah i'm i'm rambling so no I'll no no you... it, I, you're not rambling at all i'm just agreeing with you i think and that's one of the things that i've seen too is that there's this i want to be a celebrity factor with with coaching yeah. and it becomes more about marketing and how many followers you have or have on instagram and um you know you can have a lot of followers on instagram and be famous and be a really good coach or you can not be you know that shouldn't be yeah. what determines whether you're a great coach or not you know for me it's what I've seen because I've been training coaches for a while now too. One, some people just have a knack for it. Some people just naturally have gifts when it comes to coaching and communication and listening and intuition and you know holding people to to their both their integrity and their best self um, and and personal experience and, and mentorship. You know, you mentioned. You didn't get certification, but you've had your own coaching. You've had your own mentoring. And, and for me, that was really the, the path as well. And, you know, when I reflect back on the, the past 20 years of like what's made me a great coach, the main thing is I just do it a lot. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just really, really do it a lot. It's that 10,000 right. hours of mastery. Um, so what would be your your, and I know this is a hard question because there's probably a couple things, but what would be your number one piece of advice for any coaches that, and maybe it's a two-part question, coaches that are just starting out and coaches that have been in it for a while that want to get into the next level of their business? I think the thing that, that's guaranteed to move you forward is to always be coached. Always have a coach who's working with you, 
And like you said earlier, stretching your comfort zone, helping you see who you can be and working with you to um, role play. Like if you have conversations trying to get clients and it's not working, I used to go to my coach and I would we would recreate the conversation mm-hmm. and he would show me how to have the kind of conversation that would want someone to keep talking to me rather than what I was doing was having a conversation that would have people say, yeah, sounds great. Let me get back to you. And then I'd never hear from them. So allowing yourself to be coached. And if you can't afford it, find some group where you can get peer coaching. There are great groups that you can join. I don't know what your programs um, Mm -hmm. provide people coaching each other. They do. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Because you're not paying a super high fee for an individual top coach yet, but yet you're getting coaching. And that's really important. Yeah. And if you keep doing that, you'll get better. Yep. Yep. You will. You will. And one thing that you talk about a lot and teach a lot is the a referral-based business and being service-minded. Can you talk a little bit about why you are so passionate about just... Uh, I, I'm probably, I may be putting incorrect words in your mouth, but sort of giving away your your services um, as a way to build your business. Yeah. Um, people don't really know what coaching is. And even if they know what it is, maybe they've had another coach. They don't know what coaching with you would be like. You might be really different than the coach they had. So the only way to cross that seeming obstacle is to spend time with your prospective client. Time up front before the agreement is made to to coach um, at a professional level for a fee but time to get to know your prospective client, time to give them a feeling for what it would be like to work with you. Because otherwise, it's only a leap of faith. They have to, they wonder whether this is worth the money. And I don't want anyone to ever wonder. I want them to know spending time with me is worth it. And there's only one way to do that is to allow people to spend time with me. So Clients occur from conversations. That's where they come from. They don't come from internet posting or a book. Even if they read your book, they want to talk to you first and find out if they want to work with you. So that's um, that's what they call service-based because, you're, you know, some schools teach don't give them more than 15 minutes of your time and then do a closing technique and make them pay for everything else. If that worked, that'd be fine. You know, I'd be teaching that, but I've never seen that work. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen um, having conversations up front. And the hard part for that, when, when I was a beginning coach and all coaches in the beginning stages is that, it's it's hard to discern between 
who's a really high likelihood client for you and who is is just having a talk out of curiosity hey what mm-hmm. is coaching or who really wants coaching who who is really and that and then you get better and better at that and you start looking for problems instead of people so you might see you might hear a person that you're associated with say i've got a real problem in my company or i have a problem in a relationship and when i hear the word problem or challenge or I can say I might be able to help you with that because mm-hmm. that's that's what I do for a living. So we're now talking about the problem and I'm not contacting people and saying, hey, I'm a coach. Would you like coaching? I'll give you a free session. Well, if I don't know what coaching is, I might be nice to you and say, sure, I'll take a free session. But I would never I, I don't feel like I need coaching. So I say, thanks. That was great. Bye bye. Right. So over time, though, you get to you get to you get better if you keep doing it. You can you can really see, oh, this person could really use some help. Yeah. Versus this person might have enough money to pay me. Right. Right. And that way you're not uh, the word wasting time isn't right, but I can't think of other words. Not wasting time on on calls where you know, they're really not going to be that transformational for the person or, you know, lead to business for you. You're really having conversations with people that, um, are, are because of their problem or because of the, the questions you've already asked, you know, whether this is a potential client and really someone that you can serve because there definitely can be people with problems who need coaching, but aren't the right fit in terms of who you can really serve. Yeah. And that was something that was key for me too, is, really listening to what is, where is this person in their life? You know, where are they now? Where do they want to go? What's in the way? And can I help them yeah. versus more the demographic of, you know, what age are they or can they afford it or any of those kinds of things? Because I think that psychological profile of a client is more important than anything demographically um, because that's how we really know who we can, who we can serve. You know, we say problem, but it could be a goal too. That, that's true. But like yeah. sometimes I'll hear somebody say, like I'm at a dinner party or some kind of gathering, and somebody says, "I want. I've just got a new job. I'm going to be sales manager. I want to be the best sales manager they've ever had." And I'm still kind of fearful because it's a new job. Well, that's not a problem. That's an opportunity. Mm. To, to say, I might be able to help you with that. Mm. And um, and then let's try it out. Let's have a couple of conversations. See if I can help you. I like that. I like how direct that is. Because yeah. I think that a lot of times people are just afraid to be that direct. And just really say, I'd like to help you with that. You know, like if we think about dating, for example... All the mystery and the not knowing where you stand with someone is so annoying. It's so nice when someone just says, I like you. I'd like to ask you out. It's just it's just such a relief yeah. because it's very clear. So I like what you're saying here, giving coaches that permission to listen to someone. And if you genuinely feel you can help them out, say, I think, you know, I'd like to help you out with that. Let's see if we, let's have a conversation and, and see if I can. Yeah. Like it's, it's super direct. That's right. It's not so much yeah. pitching yourself. I'm a coach and. I specialize in helping p- 
people transform from burnout to breakthrough, you know, and people are like, what the heck does that mean? It, but, but having this, you know, I hear you, I hear what you're saying. You have this goal, you have this opportunity, you have this problem or whatever. And I think I can help you. Let's, let's talk. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned referral base and I, I didn't. Oh yeah. That. Over time in coaching, um, as in any profession, after a while, when you get better and better, your clients begin to tell other people about you. And they say, I have this wonderful coach and um, I'm happier than I've ever been. I just I just got a promotion or I, this happened. And they say, well, tell me more about that thing. And then the next thing you know, they're referring people. And at some stage in your career, that will happen. At the beginning, it's it's harder because you haven't really done enough work yet. But when when coaches hear that, they think, oh gosh, that's just a dream too good to be true. But if you think about it, that's true for any profession. If you're a house painter or a dog walker, or anything, if you're really good and do great work, people will tell other people about you. That's just how it works. So after a while, I didn't have to go out enrolling clients. People were sending me people. Mm -hmm. And that happens for every coach that I know and I now work with who's been in it for a while. But it also happens for every lawyer, for every chiropractor, every acupuncturist, every, you know, everybody who's really focuses on becoming great at what they do. Yep. It yep. always happens. Yep. And you've built your business that way, right? You Have you ever done yeah. any like hired a PR firm or a marketing company or social media campaigns? Have you ever done any of that? Well, those things are good for products like books. Like okay. I have an online course that I hired a marketing guy, because that, that's a different kind of sale yep. than life coaching. So I have done that, but I've also made the mistake of um, trying to get people to promote me or get me on, uh, this was 20 some years ago, it was even before I met you, and uh, it just didn't work, you know, yeah. I. I've arrived at coaching comes from conversations. Coaching is a relationship business. It's not a marketing business. If you're into one-on-one one -on -one coaching, I did, that's not some theory I bought into. That was painful learning by trying all the other ways. Yep, yep. Yep. I mean, that's what I've discovered too with, with my coaching practice. It's never something I've marketed, um, but with books and other things that I've done, sometimes people come in through that. I want, I want to go back to something yeah. really important. You said it's, it's a different kind of sale than like a course or something like that. Could you expand on that? Because this is where a lot of coaches get stuck is on the selling. Right. Um, and like, I don't want to be sleazy. I, you know, I, um, we're having such this beautiful conversation about their divorce and they're in this really emotional place. And I don't know how to transition in, in, into, well, here's what you need to pay to work with me. 
I know this is a big topic and a big conversation. Maybe we can just highlight some of the top things. What advice do you have for coaches just on selling in general in terms of how they need to hold it inside themselves? Because there, there might be some shifts that we need to make in how we perceive it. And then we do get to that point into the conversation where we invite the client into a relationship with us. How can we not um, all of a sudden get nervous and, yeah. you know, change into a different person basically. Right. Well, I don't, the, I don't want to be sleazy feeling thought that's healthy. If I talk to a coach who says, I don't, I'm starting to feel sleazy. I know they're wandering into some territory that neither they nor the client want to be in. Mm. So how can we do this in a way I don't want to be sleazy either because it's a relationship business. It requires trust and it requires the other person feeling safe and especially safe to say no to continuing with me on a paid level. I want to cultivate a mindset where I'm not feeling rejected personally. I want to know ahead of time. A lot of people will say no. I'm glad they have that capacity. And a lot of people say yes, and that's where I'll make my money. And I'm not going to get upset or so, so the, the most important thing is make sure the person knows you're a coach. Now, mm -hmm. sometimes people, oh, I have this conversation and now I want to tell them I'm a coach. Well, the sooner you can tell them that, the better, because um, it'll feel like bait and switch if you're really talking to them to get a client. Yeah. So be comfortable with it. Let people know, hey, I'm I'm willing to talk to you about that. I might be able to help you. I do this for a living. And um, we can have a couple of conversations, no strings attached. Just see if there's any way I can help. And if you'd like to work with me further, um, I can let you know my fee structure and how I work. But that's down the road. Forget about that for now. Uh, let's have a talk or two and let's see if I can help. And I'm fine if this is all we do. I like doing this. This is how I do my business. I talk to people and some want to continue and some are happy with the two talks and that's fine with me too. Mm. So if I take that approach, I take pressure off myself. I take pressure off of them you know, and a lot of times they'll say, oh, I don't want to take your time. I feel like I should pay you. No, this is how I work. I love it. I'm very mm. interested. I'd like to talk to you. Mm. So now we have two talks. After I have, this is just a sample. You can do it any way you want. After I have the first talk, I might say, yeah, um, let's have one more talk. And we'll see if we can make more progress. We just got started. So we talk again. And I say, Great. Um, now, if you'd like to continue, let me know, and and we can talk about working together. I can send you fees, and if you if if this is good for you, this is good for me too. So I want to create my own way that feels right. That doesn't make me feel nervous. Doesn't make me feel sleazy. And 
the other point here is the better you get as a coach, the easier this gets for you. Because your confidence grows, your fee no longer scares you to say, because you know that you'll give value for that amount of money. Mm. And pretty soon your fee becomes like your telephone number. It has no emotional charge. Mm. It's just that this is the number that you put in your, the billing process that gives you access to <clears throat> three months of me or six months of me. This is just a number. And I don't have any emotional attachment to it. Mm. Mm. And if they say it's, it's alarmingly high, I agree. <laughs> you do. You just say, yeah, I agree. I agree. With, mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with every objection. Mm. You don't, you're not certified. No, I'm not. Um, never had to, but I don't, I'm not going to defend not being certified. You're correct to point that out. Good catch. Mm. Your fee's too high. It's very high. I agree. And if you agree with so-called objections, they have no place to go. But most people get defensive. Your fee's too high. Well, if we're really going to change your life, I saw you went to Hawaii last week. I saw on Facebook. That must have cost you a lot. And look what you're paying. You know, they get mm -hmm. into this. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's high. We're talking about your life changing. Mm. You know, is is that all you say? Yeah, it's high, and kind of leave it there and see what they say next. Per, depends on the person. Mm. You know, it, it all depends on the relationship. Mm. Mm. Um, sometimes I tell them my coach is free. Mm. Yeah, it looks high to some people. My coach charges two hundred thousand a year to work with him. Mm. Tony Robbins charges a million dollars a year. Mm for coach one-to-one -one coaching mm. and uh and i know people who who actually charge less than i charge mm -hmm. but this fee works for my clients mm. people are happy to pay this fee that's why the fee is where it is i don't have to justify whether it's worth it to you you can decide that yeah. if our conversations have given you a sense of possibility that the one thing in your life you really wanted to change might now change. That's worth a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's what you have to find in those first two conversations. You can't just chat and, uh, you know, you can't live inside social self. You have to move into your professional self real soon. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so true. And one thing that I've able, and this took practice, like you said, the role playing and the practice is just remaining really calm with people's objections because one of my core yeah. wounds in the past has been rejection. And so I would see their objection as a rejection. And yeah. even, even if this was happening at a subconscious level, it, in that nanosecond, it would shift me out of being present day professional Christine. And all of a sudden I'm 14 and not invited to a party. And yeah. I really had to stay present and stay with the client and see even that conversation around enrolling and invitation and pricing as part of the coaching conversation. 
uh, because right. it's all, you know, you, you don't show up in an amazing discovery call and, and serve someone and then all of a sudden get all tongue tied in the objection piece because it's, it's all, it's all part of the conversation. And one thing I remind coaches of is it's all part of the conversation. It's not like you have a conversation and you move into sales. It's, it's right. all part of the conversation. And if you can keep that flow and you can be the same person throughout the whole conversation, then there's really nothing to be afraid of. And I get with new coaches, it's, it can be nerve wracking and, yeah. you know, putting a value on something, you know, that's, it's easier to put a value on, okay, here's this jacket that is made of this material. It took this much time to make. It has this particular zipper on it. And so it's valued at this much. But transformation and coaching, I mean, a coach can charge $5,000, a coach can charge a million dollars. It's just, it's a very, yeah. very, very wide range. So it can be difficult to put a price on it. And for the client, it can be very difficult to justify paying that much. And so for people that are more on the client side right now, because I'd love to shift into the client side that maybe are thinking of hiring a coach are thinking of hiring someone like me or you who do have higher fees where people might hear our fees and go, what <laughs> for six months or for a year? What, um, what would you say to them? What, what, what should they consider if they really want to work with a coach that is more seasoned that, you know, has been doing it a while that, and, and that also like just loves it, you know, and is pretty good at what they do, but is, um, and I'm not just talking about you and I, I'm talking about, there's a lot of coaches out there, but is, is a little more expensive than, especially people that have been in therapy and are used to more of the therapy model and therapy pricing. When they switch into coaching, it can be a bit of a sticker shock. Um, so I'd love for you to speak to those people that are like, Oh, how do I justify spending this amount? Um, I think the important thing is to make sure that you go in into a discovery process yourself when you're talking to a coach. So let's say I want to talk to Christine and I think you might be able to help me. I'm, I want to change my career. I really want to live my full life and I want to let go of the past. And um, and I know her, I don't know if he's for sure, but I um, but I, I, I the job of that person is to say, Christine, can we talk? And be courageous and bring to the introductory conversations what you would like optimally to work on. That if coaching could do a really great job what would you like to have transformed in your world mm -hmm. and then time spent with you now I'm, I'm being the client my time spent with you will give me a feeling and an intuition and sometimes direct experience wow i've talked to her twice and I've changed so much already. I'm so optimistic and I'm feeling lighter. I'm so hopeful that I know a whole year with her would be amazing. I already know it. It's like um, you go to the supermarket and you take a little, this little person is standing with um, little pieces of cookie or something and you buy it. Oh, wow, this is really good. I'll buy it. 
so you know. It's like if you go into acupuncture and get on the table, I have migraines. Can it help? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's try a session. Wow, I'm. I, that was great. I'm going to come back every other week. So if you're a, cl- a potential client, do your best to find out from directly from the coach whether talking to this person makes a difference. Don't just be your social self. Because I get a lot of prospective clients I had in the past who who ask me if I'm open to coaching them. And I say, well, let's talk. And then they try to impress me with how they've got their act together. And uh, I don't have many big problems. I run this company. I run that. I'm on my third wife and uh, this, that. And they're trying. And I've got one little area, uh, cocaine. I use it all day. I don't know if that's bad. You can tell me you're going to be my coach if you are. So I say, wait a second. We're not this person is not finding out whether I can help. Mm-hmm. So if you're a client, find some way to find out. Just like you would if you're hiring a lawyer. Lawyers, Good lawyers are expensive. You don't just want to go online or something. You want to talk to other people. Do your due diligence. And, and a coach who knows who you are, connects with you up front, and is interested in working with you, a good coach will give you a way to find out. So this doesn't have to be a leap of faith. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. I, I, and I think, I mean, for me, when I've hired coaches, even when I hired you, it was, it was just a yes. It was just an intuitive yes. And I have to make sure that the mind doesn't get in the way and then talk and then talk you yeah. out of it talk you out of it um i want to talk a little bit about how coaching makes you like being coached makes you a better parent um, yeah. because i think that a lot of times we go to coaching because we want to be better in leadership we want to be better in relationships um and it can definitely do all those things but not many people until they have a problem with a kid hire a coach for parenting and i'd love for you to talk about especially as a new parent myself and you're you're the parent of four grown kids now and three grandkids how being coached and having a coach actually can make you a better parent yeah it really does um because i think in any family situation parenting or spousal or just a relationship with family members, but especially parenting, there's a tendency for the the ego and the emotions to get tangled up in in the job and to get so, um, take things personally, self-judgment. I'm being a... I'm being a bad mother. My kid was bad at school. To, my kid got report at school today. What? I'm a terrible parent. I'm being and thinking that I have I sh, I ought to have total control over these little human beings. Mm-hmm. And if they're not just um, operating like like um, the captain and his children in 
you know, blow a whistle, they all line up in the sound <laughs> of music. Uh, if they're if they have their own rebellious energy and their own uh, adventurism, and uh, I'm being a bad parent, I, and and I'm going crazy. They're not doing what I want. And a coach can be an island in the storm and a coach can really relax you around parenting mm. so that you're not so worked up about all the stuff that happens. Mm. I had a coach, I had a real problem with one of my daughters and she was acting out, getting in trouble at school, all kinds of things. And I had a, a woman who was coaching me and she said, um, I'm going to give you an exercise. I don't know if you're willing to do it or if you, but would you be willing to sit with your daughter without an agenda? And I said, what? Well, would you be willing to just, when she comes home from school or whenever, just sit by her, talk with her, but not have an agenda. And I thought for a while, and I thought, I have never done that. I'm always there to correct and teach and guide, you know, hysterical over-parenting, which gets a pushback. Mm. And it was amazing. I, mean, I sat there and I just, I said, How, how's it going? She said, fine. School okay today? Yeah. What would you like to watch? Mm. Dad, what's wrong? What are you what are you waiting to tell me? <laughs> it's nothing. I'm just I'm just chilling with you. It, she she couldn't even believe it. She was looking at me like, where where's the teaching gonna come from? Where's the moral guidance? I'm not getting anything. So that one little piece of coaching altered my relationship with her forever. Mm. I don't have to have an agenda. Mm. Mm. with any family member or and I learned to not have an agenda with my clients too because if you can do it at home you can do any if you can do this with family you can do you do it really well with clients because yeah. the hardest thing is to do it with family yeah yeah one of the things that that my coach said to me about parenting because I was really in the mom guilt phase for a while yeah. about just ridiculous things. Um, and it, it, even things like she was in the birth canal too long. I should have done something differently. I mean, just things that were just yeah. out of my control. Um, yeah. and she said to me, never make parenting decisions from fear, pride, or guilt. Wow. And her name's Shane Rowley. She's amazing. She's known as the Australian yeah. baby whisperer. I've mentioned her before and I will have her on the podcast someday. Uh, but I, and it just hit me because it was like, oh my gosh, how many of us do that? Yeah. And not just parenting decisions, but any decisions in life. So whenever I'm feeling into a choice, a choice about an action or even what I'm choosing to believe, I have to ask myself, is this coming from fear, guilt, or pride? And so many times it is. And I have to really check myself and go, okay, like what's the decision I need to make from a centered place, from love? Um, but man, parenting is, and like I said, I'm only a year in, but talk about personal development work, marriage and parenting. 
there that's it that's it game game on on. yeah i want to go back to something you said earlier about the distinction between therapy and coaching coaching is about the past uh, coaching is really about the future and the now therapy is about the past i have found as a coach and this is why usm was so valuable to me and i know we have usm in common and my listeners know that's university of santa monica where we got our master's degree in spiritual psychology um and what one of the reasons I went there is because I had been a coach for a couple of years and people's past was impacting their ability to make changes in the future. Like there was stuff that just wasn't yeah. dealt with and, and big dots that were connecting, you know, someone would come in and be like, why do I keep dating these narcissistic men? It's like, well, tell me about your dad. And so there, there definitely is those connections. And so sure. <clears throat> how much of a role, um, well, let me, let me rephrase the question. How important do you think it is to have tools as a coach to help people with their past? And well, we'll, we'll start with that question. Then I'll ask the follow-up question. Well, um, you can't be all things to everybody. True. Um, that, that is a school of psychology and they did they do a lot of great work on elements of your past that are subconsciously showing up now. Coaching um, can go there, but it's not absolutely required. Now, I I send people to, I, I buy people USM books, and I have a group now, and we just read Remembering the Light Within. Mm-hmm by Ron and Mary, and we went over things. And so uh, the teaching there in spiritual psychology is very valuable. And a coach can can learn the basics. They can learn, um, they can go to a three-day event with Ron and Mary. They can read their books. They, they can learn a lot on psychology. But I don't want to pretend I'm something I'm not. So if my client has severe traumatic incident in the past that they want me to help them with, um, I might try talking about it. But if it's something that doesn't fall in my sphere of skills, I don't want to pretend it does. I want to talk to a friend of mine. Uh, I've got friends who are psychologists. I have a good friend who's a psychiatrist, and he's in the 3P movement. And so if I have a client with with some kind of severe psychological, or I will talk to him and um, maybe offline a few sessions where my person can talk to him. So it's really good to be clear as a coach what kind of um, domains you enjoy coaching in. And then add skills as you go. And you can you can add a dimension. You can take courses and, and things like that and feel better about working with it. But it's not required. I know coaches who uh, don't go there. I mean, they allow the client to talk about mm-hmm. it. But the, you don't have to go there. Yeah. You're a coach. Don't pretend you're more than that. But be great at that. Yeah. I mean, for me, I have a hard time not going there <laughs> because I yeah. see it so clearly and I see how the dots connect and I'm like, let's just 
handle this so well, that it you, doesn't keep showing up in your in your in your present you know right you've been trained in that though yeah, yeah. You know? so i've been trained in certain fields like fundraising so mm -hmm. i have i have coaches who say oh my gosh my client's trying to raise money i don't know how to help them and i say and i catch myself thinking oh every coach ought to know how to tell people how to raise money but no they mm -hmm. don't mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I think it's great that you go there. I have, um, I know coaches who, who only go there. Yep. You know, let's let's walk, work on the soul line only. And there are coaches who work goal line only. Yep. And But the great ones end up mixing it both. They end up learning enough about shadow work and yeah. your inner child and Learn as you go so you can get some skills in that area. Not required, but recommended. I love inner child work. Oh, I just love it so much. <laughs> it's uh -huh. just so powerful. Uh, well, we're almost out of time here, Steve. I, I love this conversation with you so much. And I want to, um, you know, for people listening, I'm going to ask a a kind of a broad question. We'll just see, let's see where you take it. So one of the most common things people call in the show with is they just feel stuck somehow and they're in the same pattern and they can psychoanalyze it. They, they know why they're in it, but they just can't seem to shift out of it. How would you, I know it's hard to, you know, coach generally, it's different with every individual, but I'm sure this is something you see. How would you coach someone who is just doing the same thing over and over? They can they understand why they're doing it. They understand where the wounding comes from, and they just can't shift it. Well, does this person already have a coach? You're talking about as if I'm a coach and they're stuck. Or are you talking about just someone? Yeah, just just in general. I'm just trying to give my listeners some of your brilliance of. Like if someone's feeling stuck right now in the same pattern, they just can't seem to break free of it. What's something they could do to start to try to shift it? Depending on the person, one thing I like to do is get over myself mm. and get out and help someone who's more stuck than I am. Mm. Get out of my thinking and into the world. Because um, stuck is a concept. You can't, if we see a bunch of people sitting in a room, you can't, you can't tell who's stuck and who's not, even if you talk to them for a while. It's a concept somebody holds, like I'm stuck. And so, okay, forget that. Put that on hold and go help somebody and then come back and see how stuck you are. So that's number one. Number two is, I like to ask people, if you weren't stuck, and you remember times when you weren't stuck, what would you be doing right now if you weren't stuck? And allow them to start talking about if they weren't feeling stuck, they'd be doing this, they'd be doing that. And, and then as a coach, I want to help them stair-step a little bit into those arenas. Are you willing to take a few um, experimental stair steps into the things that you would be doing if you weren't stuck. Mm. Okay, I might try that. 
Mm. So, so there are many other things I would ask them, but there isn't one thing I can say to every listener. Hey, if you're stuck, yeah. write this sentence down and you <laughs> never be stuck again. Oh, wouldn't it be great? Here's the key thing. Don't always see the power in asking for help. A lot of clients hide things from their coaches because they don't want their coach to think they're stuck. Hmm. Or they don't want to coach the coach to think, oh, he'll think or she'll think she hasn't helped me if I tell her I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. So always, always see the power in asking for help. Be vulnerable when you're stuck. Let people know. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I love what a- you said, too, about go <laughs> help somebody or talk to somebody that is more stuck than you. Get out of your yeah. own. Get out of your own head. Uh, I, I love that. I love that. Well, Steve, you've written, I swear, like a gazillion books. You've written how many? Over 30 at this point, probably? Uh, yes. That's amazing. You're you're amazing. That's so inspiring. So people can definitely go to your website, stevechandler.com, find your books, learn more from you. Is there anything else you want to point people towards if they want to either learn more about you or really good resources to understand what um, hiring a coach or becoming a coach could be like. You know, you have such a wonderful program. I, I can't, uh, for coaches, I, I would, I would recommend somebody do yours or, or any program that calls to them. Mm. Uh, really find out from people who are already doing it. Yeah. And um, keep a learning mindset. Keep your mind open and keep searching. Don't be, don't label yourself as, oh, I'm a seeker. I'm a spiritual seeker. There must be something wrong with me. No, that's the best part of you moving you forward. So keep looking mm. and, and um, stay alive. You know, mm. that, that's it. What's your favorite part about being a coach? What do you love the most? weekends when there are no sessions <laughs> that's the most rewarding part <laughs> that that time off yeah yeah no I, I it's hard to put my finger on it you know it's just i like the unpredictability mm. the the chaos that people get themselves into with their thinking is so fascinating how they think themselves into these different mazes and fantasies about what their family members think of them. Mm. And then they go away and see if they can complicate it more. Mm. It's fun. Mm. It is fun, isn't it? I love it too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for being a big part of my journey. And just thank you for having such integrity as a coach and, um, yeah, just really being a pillar in the coaching industry. Your work is incredible, Steve. Thank you, Christine.